Thank you for joining us for Mental Health. Let's talk about it. I'm your host, Charlene Pickram, the owner of Pick Empowerment, and you're tuned into CIOE 97.5 Community Radio. And this evening in the studio, I have Rick Courtney, who is the CEO of Complete Safety Training. And he's joining us because I believe that safety is key to our mental health, particularly in our workplaces. So welcome, Rick. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Charlie. Yeah. So can you provide our listeners with a, a little background of how did you get to becoming a CEO? Because you have quite a history of all kinds of jack-of-all-trades. It's true. You know, life, you set a, a plan and, and then you're on that plan and everything works great. And then you get a left turn out of nowhere kind of thing. So uh, my plan after all the various jobs I've done in the, in the background was basically to be an actor, director, producer, that kind of thing, voiceover artist, have fun that way. In 1995, uh, I was on a vacation in Newfoundland to see my mom. And as I stepped out of the, the taxi, a lady next door to my mom's place said, uh, Mr. Courtney, and I knew then she didn't know me calling me that instead of Rick. Uh, she said, can you tell your mom that my Charlie just died? So I said, I'm sorry to hear that. Sure enough. So in to talk to my mom, and uh, I said, you know, the lady next door said, Charlie just died. And mom said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, who's Charlie? Now, mindset of the day, you know, when psychology plays. 1995, there's a great commercial on TV called Charlie the Tuna. Oh. I don't know why, but my mind went to a pet because it – what is normal? I'm writing about that right now. What is normal? Well, is it normal for someone to step out on their step and to tell you that their husband's dead and not only just died, but lying inside the floor, inside the door? Mm. So mom said he just walked in the door before you arrived in the taxi. So I was like, oh my goodness, you know, so over I go quickly and open the door and sure enough, here's a 72 year old gentleman lying there to see. So I uh, started CPR. My sister called the ambulance. Took about 25 minutes for the ambulance to get there. Meanwhile, I was engaged in CPR. And, uh, you know, he didn't make it, unfortunately. But I was dismayed by the response and, mm. uh, from the from the uh, the ambulance drivers, which paramedics don't like to be called. But these folks weren't paramedics. They were ambulance drivers from a funeral home. Okay. N- and I found it with later questioning that uh, neither one of them even had a CPR course. So they literally came in, put the black bag down unceremoniously placed the gentleman in it and took him away. It uh, was a bad start for a, for a vacation mm, <laughs> for me. Definitely. Very upset. And uh, I cut it short. I stayed home for a couple of days. I came back over here to Nova Scotia and uh, went to the charity who trained me and said, uh, you know, this is what I've gone through. It's affecting my mental health. And, I'm, you know, is it possible to sit in and audit a CPR course? I know that I did everything I should have done for this mm. guy. Uh, and the charity I went to said, uh, sure, you can do it, Rick. That's not a problem, but, you know, but it'll be $50 because we can't, you know, give up that chair for somebody else. And I'm like, well, I, I don't need the certificate. I already yes. had the training from you folks. Yeah. I just wondered if I could sit in. But they wouldn't do it. And it was, it, it, it shocked me. Mm. And I tell this story all the time in, in my classes and uh, talk about, you know, being charitable and see where it gets you. So I was very uh, upset by the fact that they wouldn't be as charitable as they lay out to be. Yes. And so I went to another charity who were also in the in the world of teaching first aid, and, and I'll say who they were. It was the Red Cross. And um, uh, get told my story. They said, absolutely, come on in. We've got a course and help yourself. Long story short, uh, the paramedic who taught that course inspired me to uh, not only do more training, but to become an instructor and mm. with the premise that you've gone through this unique experience that a lot of us, thankfully, won't have to go through, but yet we all have cardiac arrest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so that and that I'm not shy. 
uh, as a public speaker and as a uh, as an actor, not shy to stand in front of a group to talk. Yeah. And with all the other things that I do. So long story short, I became an instructor uh, in 1995, and now 23 years later, we're here. I've started with 24 customers. I now have 75,000 customers. <laughs> uh, I guess people like this character and the characters who work for me uh, in our courses. So we teach. Uh, a lot of courses, yeah. uh, and my background not only as an actor, but then you know trained in in, uh, in the medical world too as an emergency medical responder. I said first level paramedicine Canada. Um, done a lot of construction over the over the years, so every everything you can think about under the Occupational Health and Safety Act, including that the Occupational Health <laughs> Safety Act, uh, I teach. I have experience in it, and with all the trainers who work for me, the same thing. I don't hire anybody without experience. So when we yeah. stand in front of you. We're talking from experience, yes. Uh, no matter what the topic is, and there's there's quite a few of them for sure. So that's how I got here, <laughs> completely <laughs> by accident. I still do acting and uh, and voiceover work, and as often as I can because it's my passion. And my friends will tell you I'm a big goofball, but uh, you know, but, but uh, <laughs> that that's, that's yeah, that's certainly a passion. But uh, so is teaching, and uh, I've learned a lot along the way. Um, Currently doing my master's in adult education at Santa Vex University, mm -hmm. and I'm writing about the experiences of since 1995, three years after Westray event, uh, and this incident occurred. And at first, I was just going to be a first aid instructor, but out came the Westray um, report. And as I read down through it about that tragedy, uh, I looked at it and went, "You know what? There's a need. It's calling for it in this report. There's a need for training here." Mm. And so I got into teaching Wemis and fall protection, confined space, and everything else under the Act. Um, and it was a, it was good timing. Uh, yeah, it was, was good timing. If you go back to 1995, there was not a lot of uh, companies teaching it. Uh, my professor at, at St. Evex says uh, she did her homework and basically says, you know, you're one of the pioneers in Nova Scotia teaching this stuff. Yeah. So I want you to write about that in your research project. So I'm writing a, an autoethnography. It's not an autobiography. It's more about the practice of a business and how it evolves and how it changes, which our motto is to change the safety culture of Atlantic Canadians. And that's what my, my, my goal is with my company. And I think we have, because if you look mm. at the copycat companies that are out there, it's a compliment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. So, yeah, so I mean, I became familiar with you and your company when I took the nonviolent crisis intervention because I needed to be updated. Mine had ran out. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was my first experience with your company. And since then, I was really shocked to learn the list of different courses that you provide. Um, but of course, my focus is on your mental health first aid and your nonviolent crisis intervention and how they, you know, not only assist the individuals, but the individuals that they work with um, to have that psychological safety as well as that physical safety. So how does how does the mental health first aid in your mind help individuals maintain that psychological and physical safety? Great question. Let's premise it by thinking about physical first aid. So in physical first aid, we know that we can see the cut, we can see the the, the, the twisted ankle, we can see the injury, but some things you can't see. Yeah. For example, what is a sign of a uh, a person just all of a sudden starting to fall asleep? Let's say, well, it could be many things. Mm. It could be just falling asleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it could be having a diabetic emergency too, which can be very quiet. Yeah. Um, you know, the person can seem and look intoxicated. They could be either intoxicated or having a diabetic emergency, mm -hmm. or maybe a stroke, or maybe a heart attack. So some things are very easy to fix, 
or not fix, but see yes. and respond to in a first aid way. Mental health is sometimes evident like that, especially if it's a mania or a panic attack or a psychosis. Uh, but a lot of times you won't see it. Mm-hmm. And But maybe there are small cues and signs that uh, if you're trained right, you can pick up on. And exactly. then, it's, then it's the big challenge is how do we engage uh, at that conversation to see if folks are willing uh, to talk about it or if they do come to you out of the blue, what to do. Yeah. So mental health first aid training then is giving us the uh, uh, mental first aid kit uh, to deal with injuries that occur to the mind, mm-hmm. uh, which affects the body yes. as well. So in the course, we teach all kinds. Of, we first orientate everybody to the different types of mental illnesses that there are. And that's very yeah. important because a lot of us don't know. No. And we work hugely on reducing uh, stigma uh, associated with mental health. So what's really great about programs like yours and the, the conversations like uh, uh, Text Talk and, and so forth that goes on with Bell Lion uh, is we're bringing out to the forefront these conversations yes. and to help. Uh, because we, you know, it's been proven really easy that talking is uh, one of the best routes. Yeah, it's uh, very valuable. Mm-hmm. Interesting enough, there's one study uh, that has uh, talking about PTSD, for example, saying that there's no benefit of actually talking about it, and it's harmful, which has been challenged big time by the academic world, and so many studies coming back to say no, not. And we mm-hmm. talk to the actual folks who are living with PTSD, for example, uh, talking about it does help mm-hmm. tremendously, and it improves and gets that person into that maintenance so they can back to it, back to a normal life. Yeah, uh, there is that debate now about mm-hmm. is debriefing good. Or bad, That's you right. know, and I, and again, I think it comes down to asking the individual. That's right. Does this benefit you? And it comes down to time. Yes. When do we start the conversation? Yes, definitely. It may be right away, or maybe days, weeks, months, years later. Yeah. You know, if you think about uh, just now, Mr. Reitman, who just recently died, uh, famous Haligonian uh, uh, Holocaust survivor. Yeah. He didn't speak about his situation for 40 years. Mm. And then, you know, back in 1988, when he decided to talk about it, we were all educated about the, 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 the uh, horrors of the Holocaust. Mm. And it imp- helped improve, I've been told, his mental health as well. Yeah. Um, and all that's all secondary and hearsay. But I would, I would assume, yeah, it, it would for sure. Yeah. Know. The empathy piece and, mm-hmm. you know, just having, being able to share so that, you know, now that he's passed, it doesn't leave with him. That's right. You know, so, so important. And I went to Auschwitz mm-hmm. and I can tell you, very powerful, yeah. very powerful. Um, so I can't, I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so in regards, cause my understanding is with mental health first aid, there is an adult. And a teen, is that correct? That's right. So the mental health first aid basic course is made, uh, designed basically for those over the age of 18 or working with people over the age of 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the mental health first aid for adults interacting with youth, which is basically from 13 years old to about 18 years old when the brain yes. is really developing. Uh, and after 18, of course, till about 24, our brain is pretty much developed. Then it just starts getting filled in with information as we go and we get our experiences all straightened out. So yeah, there's two, there's more than two. There's, uh, there's also a mental health first aid for the, uh, for 
people in uh, northern communities. Okay. Because uh, how we deal with things here are completely different than how we may, uh, Southernized and northernized. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, a lot different, a lot for sure, for, from our southern point of view yep. to a northern point of view. And there's also now mental health, of course, for uh, folks uh, working with veterans mm. uh, as well. So there's, it's all based on the same platform. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's just, for the mental health first aid for adults interacting with youth, there's uh, discussions on self-harm, for example, and, yes. uh, and substance abuse. Uh, in there as well. Uh, all really good courses because they all give you that basic understanding of mental health issues and uh, and then what first aid events should you do or what, which part of that kit should we pull out kind of mm. thing to use kind of thing. It doesn't make people therapists. That's one of the most important things you yeah. say at the beginning. You won't be a therapist <laughs> coming out of just like when you come out of a, uh, an emergency first aid and CPR course, you're not going to be a doctor, you're not going to be a paramedic, but you yeah. should be able to help maintain things and, just, and determine... I think I need 911 here, you know, mm-hmm. and as I always say to folks when, when dealing with physical first aid or mental first aid, and that little tiny voice that we lose as adults inside your head says, I, I, I can't handle this. I need help. Yeah. Pick up the phone and call 911. And don't mm-hmm. ask the individual if you need it. If you're determining that in your own mind, then they need it. Yeah. And so definitely. pick up the call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's great. We're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Rick Courtney. And how does his complete safety training uh, company help us with our psychological and, and physical safety? You're listening to Mental Health. Let's talk about it on CIOE 97.5 Community Radio. Welcome back to Mental Health. Let's talk about it. I'm Charlene Pickram, and we're talking with Rick Courtney, who's the CEO of Complete Safety Training. And pre- previous to the break, we were talking about uh, the Mental Health First Aid Program, and we want to talk about the Nonviolence and Crisis Intervention Program as well. And so with the Mental Health First Aid uh, Training, you talked about that so your instructors provide a little foundation of exactly what is mental health and potentially some of the mental health issues that they may observe. So how, what else is provided in that course in regards to, okay, you're identifying this is happening. So what do you do now? Right. So this, the course, the mental health first aid course is, the basic course is divided into four sections. So the first session, we're, we're talking about substance related disorders. Okay. Uh, and what they are and what the symptoms are, what the risk factors are, and, um, and what crisis first aid you can do. So the foundations are laid at what is this, and, you know, and we talk about everything from uh, uh, uppers or stimulants to depressants and, and, mm-hmm. and so forth. The second session is about mood disorders. And uh, again, the same thing. What, are the, what, what types are there? Uh, what are the symptoms? What are the risk factors? And uh, how does substance use affect mood disorders? Yeah. Uh, we talk about suicide in Canada, the rates, and uh, and what do we do for first aid for those type of mood problems? Mm-hmm. The third session is about anxiety disorder. Uh, again, symptoms, types, you know, risk factors, substance use, and anxiety disorders, and what first aid. And finally, in the last session, uh, the fourth session is about psychotic disorders. Okay. Uh, and to take down some of the things that people get wrong, like people mm-hmm. say, oh, he's a schizoid. Well, there's really no such thing as that. Either a person has a schizoid affective disorder or they have schizophrenia, for example. Yeah. Um, and in that, of course, we're talking, again, what are the risk factors? What's, what, how does substance use uh, affect this as well? Uh, and again, that crisis. So the foundation of information is laid out. We certainly talk some statistics of, of 
why mental health is so important. I mean, one in three people will experience a mental health crisis in their in their in their lifetime, yeah. and one in five will experience it in a year, kind of thing. Mm. Uh, it's very common, uh, and word "common" is used throughout the thread of the course because "common" means there's lots of help. Yeah. Uh, so we try to to encourage people to go out then after the course as ambassadors and say, you know, depression is common, anxiety is common. So you know, common. thoughts of suicide are common, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and so forth. And there's lots and lots and lots of help out there. And, you know, all of us can come out and you, you, you hear it all the time, unfortunately, like, oh, the, 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 the healthcare system in Nova Scotia is horrible and this is horrible. There is a lot of help out there and we need to look at it more in a positive way. There is a lot mm-hmm. of help from many, many people, people like yourself, for example, who's an mm-hmm. advocate for this. Uh, it can help people. Uh, and so we need to, we show people where the, where the, where the go and find that help. So uh, for, important. And we teach, just like in a, in a, in a basic first aid course, uh, we teach the basics of understanding and when do we, what can we do and, and when do we call 911. So mm. we, f- we follow this, uh, we give it this little business card and on it is the word allergy. It's an acronym, right? So with that acronym of allergy, it basically says, okay, A, how do I assess the risk of suicide and or harm? And mm-hmm. number one thing is, well, what do you mean by harm? Is it a physical harm? Cause we have suicide, you know, put in front of that. No, harm can be their own self-thinking of, of helplessness or hopelessness, for yeah. example. Uh, it can be physical harm for sure. So we kind of give them the tools of trying to do a little risk assessment here and how high is that risk. And if there's no risk of suicide and or harm, then we move on to the next thing. The mm-hmm. next uh, 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 letter in the acronym is listen. So L, listen non judgmentally. Mm. We all make that mistake where someone is telling us, let's say, about a relationship that's collapsed. And so you go and you talk to your best friend about it. And your best friend makes a classic error by saying, oh, he or she was no good for you anyway. They were this, they were that. A week later, you're back together. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to go there, Rick. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and how many times does that happen? Yeah. So when we say listen non-judgmentally, we mean it. You know, yeah. don't judge their situation. Don't judge the, the person or the situation they were in. Mm-hmm. Um, the next side of it is is the letter G and mm-hmm. uh, the spell of the allergy. So G is to give reassurance and information. And it's important, not, nowhere in that does it say advice. Mm-hmm. And we make that, and it's difficult to give information without giving advice. Yes. And the reassurance and advice, like you're going to be okay. It's just like my brother called me one time, very distraught. And, uh, and he says, I'm having a lot of pain. I go, Oh, you know, my older brother. I said, you know, what's, what's wrong? And he said, my foot hurts and it hurts really bad. And I don't know why. And it's like, I said, well, the good news is I've never heard in my medical experience, someone dying from a pain <laughs> in their foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I gave him that reassurance. Yes. <laughs> and in some basic first aid, like, you know, raise your leg, put some ice on it, maybe some Tylenol and, and, uh, or biofreeze if you have some and, and that kind of stuff. But what, what's going on with the foot though? I mean, do you yeah. have a board underneath it with a nail up through your foot? Like, yeah. You know, right? The so, symptom, but yeah. what's the cause? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. So we talked with, you know, give reassurance and then, and then some information. And in this case, it was basic first aid information that mm-hmm. had to help yourself. The next, uh, in the allergy uh, acronym E is encourage a person to get appropriate professional help. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's an encouragement. <laughs> it's not yeah. like you, you know, the old saying is you can lead a horse to water, right? And you can't make a drink. Well, we're the same way. Mm-hmm. You can encourage someone to say, well, you know, if we look at, um, uh, uh, if you take a, a, a section out of my nonviolence crisis intervention course, um, I teach developing discrepancies. Mm-hmm. And it's a big part of motivational interviewing. I say, well, here's what you want, but here's what you're doing. 
Yeah. And neither the two will meet. So we have to make that change. That change has to come from within. You can't push anybody to change. You can just help them. So encouraging somebody to get appropriate medical help is just that. You say, well, here's where you can get it. So you're encouraged to say, look, let's go online in this case in our digital era. Yeah. Type in novascotia.ca. Get on to access Nova Scotia mm. uh, or, ca- or call 211. Mm-hmm. And ask for help, or if it's if it's an impending emergency that you feel it could develop more, call eight one one and and ask advice from from one of the registered nurses. Um, but yeah, so there's your encouragement to to that. Uh, finally, the other the second E in the word allergy is encourage other supports. So if the, while waiting for medical help or mental mm-hmm. help, um, maybe and they don't want to do professional help, maybe we'll switch those acronyms around a little bit, those letters around. Maybe other yeah. supports may be you. The the fact that they're talking to you about it is yes. always, you know, the first step in, in help. Uh, my advice to folks is if someone does start talking to you about mental uh, health crisis they may be experiencing or, or difficulty they're having, is just listen. Yeah. Just listen. Don't have to say a word. You don't. Just show signs that you're listening, which is, you know, put your phone down, Mm. um, look them in the eye, face the speaker, nod with agreement like you're doing now, and, (laughs) you know, say say words that I understand and you're going to be okay. And uh, But don't give glib advice, you know. Uh, We don't need that. Like, oh, come on, that's all in your head and that's silly. Uh, Don't go that route. Yeah. Um, and take certain conversations very seriously. So that if there is suicide talk, mm-hmm. um, take it very seriously and have a very frank discussion about that. Yes. And, you know, ask, you know, what is the risk? Well, the risks are higher if they've, if they have depression and have, uh, anxiety, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you don't need these things for someone to, to, con- to consider suicide as well. No. So it's a pretty strong conversation we have on the, on the morning of the second day. We talk about it versus talking about it before everyone leaves on day one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a very dry way to start the day, but it's a very important way to start the day too. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, the, the acronym algae is your first aid kit and mm-hmm. each instructor may, Go about things slightly different, different than uh, than myself. For example, I I strongly go back to that allergy thing. Okay, what does allergy say? Now we'll yeah. dive into things here too. That under the the assessment of risk for suicide and or harm, if there is a risk, this is where nonviolence crisis intervention comes in because exactly. now you have to go to crisis mode. Yeah, and some of it may be simple as okay, we got to go nine one one. Yeah, uh, you know, especially if there's substances involved and and so forth, overdoses and so forth. Uh, including alcohol, which mm-hmm. people think when they think overdose, oh, they're thinking some types of drugs. No, alcohol is a drug too. And, yeah. uh, you know, when you're drunk, you're basically, you're basically poisoned. Yes. You know, your mind it. is poisoned. You're certainly not going to make the best choices. That's right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So the answer to your question, yeah. So there's the foundation we give. There's the toolbox or the first aid kit that we have using algae. Mm-hmm. And we basically show folks on the course how, when and, uh, and how to use this. Uh, what's the best way to do it? Again, keeping in mind, we're not therapists. Uh, yeah. you know, they're not going to get a certification in therapy. Uh, they're going to get a certification saying they've been trained in uh, first aid mm-hmm. of the mind uh, in yes. this case. You know. Yeah. And it, it's it's good for the individual as well who is. is taking the course because it enhances an individual's self-awareness, awareness of other self-management and management of other, which is all social emotional intelligence skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, again, you may be taking it because you're working with other, but you're going to benefit as well in the process. That's right. That's right. And I like how you linked the, uh, mental health first aid 
course with the nonviolent crisis intervention because I also think that they are key and they work extremely well to, with each other because it's one thing to have the mental health first aid awareness um, and be able to take it so far. But what happens when you're really in those physical crisis moments? Mm -hmm. How do you maintain the physical safety of that individual and yourself. And that's why I like the nonviolence violence crisis intervention. Yeah, it's a great course. And, uh, you know, as I say, when we get into panic attacks or uh, a psychotic episode, mm -hmm. uh, a mania, anything like that, when every, all the energy is heightened right up, that's when you need to consider, okay, how do I protect me, but protect them too. And de-escalation techniques are very, very important. Yeah. And in our course versus the, my competitor's course, uh, uh, you know, we add in uh, motivational interviewing. I love uh, motivational yeah. interviewing. It's, it's great. I mean, yeah. uh, Dr. Uh, uh, George Simon uh, came up with some really great information on this. It's all free on the web to get. And, uh, you know, to talk about rolling with the resistance from somebody, you know, expressing mm -hmm. some empathy, avoiding argumentation, or, you know, um, and, uh, and developing that discrepancy that they're having with their own logic mm -hmm. is important to know. But then how do we deal? escalate a lot of times you can de-escalate by allowing the person to talk yeah. and showing empathy put yourself in their shoes for a minute if, mm -hmm. if they were whatever the crisis may be they're having uh you know try to be that method actor and say, yeah. hey, what would that feel like i wonder if i if this happened to me yeah um yeah so in non-violence you know when we're teaching mental health i always say how many people in the room have non-violence and mm. uh and 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 uh, those who have it they'll see really easy the links and vice versa when i'm teaching non-violence how many people have mental health first aid mm -hmm. and you see the links so the two do go together so i you know, encourage anybody that they consider taking mental health first aid to take non-violence crisis intervention as well yeah uh, hey from us yeah. <laughs> Who am I? Yeah. Maybe I'll back. discount one with the other yeah. if they help me. Yeah. Hey, so there you go. We do do that. <laughs> okay, there you go. Excellent. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll finish uh, or continue talking about mental health first aid in the nonviolence crisis intervention program um, via the complete safety training that Rick Courtney is the CEO of. You're listening to Mental Health. Let's talk about it on CIOE 97.5 Community Radio. Thanks for staying tuned into CIOE 97.5 FM Mental Health. Let's talk about it. I'm your host, Charlene Pickram, the owner of Pick Empowerment. And we've been talking with Rick Courtney, the CEO of the Complete Safety Training Inc. Incorporated. And um, we've been talking about mental health first aid and nonviolence and crisis intervention. And uh, we've been talking about during the break how we feel that they mesh really nicely together um, and provide individuals with an awareness and tools to act on what is occurring for individuals, potentially if they're having a mental health crisis. And so why do you think individuals, Rick, should take the mental health training along with the nonviolent crisis intervention? How do they, how are they synced together? Right. So like we were saying during, during the break, uh, the mental health first aid gives you that uh, broad-based knowledge of various mental health uh, uh, situations that can occur. A lot of them we know. 
Mm-hmm. We, we probably know because it's very common about depression. We know a lot about anxiety because it's very common as well. Yeah. Uh, the substance uh, abuse, uh, you know, we know about very well as well. But some people are surprised that, you know, what different uh, substances can uh, harm us or cause problems with us. You know, mm-hmm. caffeine, one of the most used uh, you know, drinking my coffee here is <laughs> one of the most uh, probably uh, used and abused uh, substances yeah. on the planet. Very, yeah. very, very addictive. And uh, try starting your morning. <laughs> I've been trying to quit coffee for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Been, you know, my sister's trying to quit smoking for 30 years. We're very, very good at quitting, apparently. <laughs> But not successful finishing the job. <laughs> but, you know, so we educate that. On, 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 so it gives you all kinds of great information on the different types and, and so forth. Um, and there is some information on crisis intervention throughout the course, mm. obviously. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I think nonviolence goes well with it is that it gives you uh, how to focus in and say, okay, crisis is now occurring. Great. Mm-hmm. I got my mental health first aid. Yep. I've identified. Yep. Here's it. Here it is. What do I do now about this physical situation that's occurring where the person's now throwing themselves uh you know against a wall or mm-hmm. they're throwing the the chair around the room or they're they're a threat to themselves or other people exactly. uh, what do we do now yeah. um so this is where non-violence crisis intervention comes in and to look at it and say okay which tool should I pull out of the toolbox here now to use to help de-escalate this? Yeah. Uh, and there's many, many tools. And, yes, there you know, is. To use for sure. One of the biggest ones is be aware of your voice control about what and how you're saying something, that mm-hmm. paraverbal stuff. You know, it's not so much what, but it's how I'm how, saying something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that. There's uh, uh, being aware of your own nonverbals as well, your facial expressions and, and so forth. How are you communicating? We Do you all have your hands in your pocket? Are they thinking you've got a weapon? Mm, or? Mm, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how close are you? One of the things mm-hmm. I ask folks, you know, in my classes, is show a hand how many people have been hit or pushed in their lifetime. <laughs> and pretty much all of us put up our hands. So then I ask the question, it's about getting too detailed, bringing up too much emotions. Why yeah. did you get hit? Why did you get pushed? And regardless of their answer, there's really one answer is because you were too close. Proximity. It's all about that. So, you know, if you're not standing really, really close, then your chances of not getting hit or pushed are are better. Yeah. Uh, And so if you're three or four feet away from the person into uh, a different zone, then uh, if something does happen, you have an opportunity to move out of the way. So we talk about situational awareness, in other words, and how to how to help during those situations. So this mm-hmm. is why a couple of reasons why the the two courses go really well together. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I'm glad we're talking about that because when I'm teaching the mental health first aid course, I always try to encourage people to take nonviolence. And it's not that mental health doesn't teach crisis intervention. It does. Uh, but there's a lot more to know. Oh, and yes. There's just not enough time to say, folks, okay, take this four-day course now instead yes. of this two-day course. So, you know, I always say, to folks, we're not trying to advertise you to take another course from us individually. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but do seek out, you know, where you can get it and take it yeah. uh, and, and take it as much as you can. Um, one of the big things I do as well is this information can be very overwhelming for people. Mm. So I always invite them back after the fact. So if you take the course, you have the certification from us. And this is the same for any of our courses. You have the yeah. certification from us initially. And then a situation occurs and you say, wow, I, I, I'd love to be able to go back 
mm-hmm. and listen again. Like I like happened to me in 1995. Yeah. And I was shocked when the charity I went to wouldn't allow me in without paying for the course again. So mm-hmm. I've made that my motto too. So yeah, come in again, but this time you can sit on that course. You can audit that course for free as mm-hmm. for as long as I own this company. That's been my motto, and is and will be going forward. And if I ever sell the company, that will be a little caveat to the sale of the company if, if that yeah. ever occurs too. <laughs> is that uh, I'm going to retire someday? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, no time soon, I'm sure. But uh, you know, sometimes information is overwhelming. So come and sit it again. And, yeah. and listen to it again. And so that's one of the big benefits I give the folks. And people take me up on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's a... Uh, For it, sure. Just to, in your own mind, have that semblance of certainty that you did everything that you could do. Because exactly. not all situations turn out roses. That's right. And And being able to understand that we only have so much control in the end the other person is going to make choices that we we have no control over. That's right. And sometimes that's very hard, particularly if somebody does harm themselves or harm somebody else or go through and do commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. So we, we even talk about that. Uh, even the language we yeah. talk about, how to, how to, which language will be positive language, which language is negative language, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the stigmas that go around the language that we use. So, for example, just now, and I'm sure with your education, you, 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 you may have baited me to, <laughs> to say it. You know that the language committed is a negative side of things. Uh, so we're even trying to, you know, to say to folks, don't use the word commit suicide. Mm. So, for example, think about this. Does a person commit cancer? Mm-hmm. They commit a car accident. Did they commit a ski ski accident or head injury? It's the only injury, self-inflicted injury, uh, and causing death that we use the word "committed" to. It's from this word "suicide." Okay. So one of the things we're trying to do is take away that negative language, which mm-hmm. a- actually helps people not talk about it. Uh, and let's just say they died by suicide. Okay. Instead, mm-hmm. let's change the, the, the how we say things. Um, they died by self-inflicted wounds. Robin Williams died by uh, uh, self-asphyxiation. Mm. Um, and the media is getting really good at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm not we, so much. Yeah, no, I, I know. I know. <laughs> that's great, though. And <laughs> again, true. that's why I do the show, yeah. right? To develop my own awareness. And it's funny because I was speaking with uh, Stephen DeVoe this past week and i said committed to and he said you know that that's not politically correct anymore now and so yeah here's another example of the power of language it's true it's very important because we don't want to commit a crime no and suicide technically is a crime Mm -hmm. it's causing bodily harm Mm -hmm. in this case is yourself it's the only crime that if committed uh, you don't get charged with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Strange enough. And not, yeah. not to make light of, of suicide. It's very, very serious. Um, but if you want to help somebody in that in that case, you know, the, like I said earlier, the frank discussions about it, but also mm-hmm. the language that goes around it mm-hmm. uh, and take it very, very seriously. And, uh, and you know, and don't underestimate how it's going to impact you as the helper yeah. as well. Yeah. So why take, back to the initial question, why take mental health first aid as well? If, you know, professional help sometimes is not always easy to get mm. right hand. You know, we have doctors waiting lists and doctors are leaving and more and more going on a waiting list. Um, well, that's usually for you know, the physical illnesses, but we mm-hmm. sometimes go to our doctor for mental illnesses as well, you know, uh, and so a lot of people also don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So it's another reason why to take this information course. Um, not everybody who needs treatment seeks treatment. 
you know, and because yeah. they don't know that. Yeah. And and folks are not well informed. Mm-hmm. You know, when invited to come and talk here, it's like, yeah, I'd love to talk about this stuff because a lot of people are not well informed about mental health and mental issues, mental health issues. So, you know, anytime we can get that conversation going, you know, I'll jump in. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And so with the, I mean, again, I have the mental health first aid, I have the nonviolence crisis intervention, and I do believe that they sync very nicely together. Um, what about, and we brought this up in the course when I took it, about the Good Samaritan Act. Mm-hmm. Can you share that with others? Because I know that I'm not the only one who, you know, you go out, you're a business, you take the program, the course. How are you covered? I get into a situation where I am have to physically restrain somebody, potentially. Right. right. So the, the question basically is, am I covered in any way, any type of insurance or anything, that if I have to grab somebody and wrestle them to the ground, let's mm-hmm. say, and, and, and stop them from harming themselves, am I, am I going to get charged with assault? Yes, right. So let's look, exactly. at, let's look at that question. Yeah. Um, well, if if someone's causing harm to themselves, and, and I'm not a lawyer, and I won't, I'll preface that first. I do have a legal background. I used to work for the police commission, we know. Uh, but that doesn't make me an expert, expert in law. We'll leave that to the lawyers who work for me. But And I've had this question posed, and I've questioned yeah. to my legal team, and I've asked that question. I said, okay, well, what do we do? This person's causing physical harm to themselves. Mm-hmm. Can I help them? Yes. I mean, hands-on physical Restraint should be the absolute last, last resort. Yeah, because of the legal <laughs> issues that it'll cause, it can escalate. It can get very dangerous for the individual trying to help. Yeah. Um, but if someone's harming themselves, um, you know, we we can do what we can mm-hmm. to try to stop that. We try to do verbal uh, de-escalation of that as, as we can. But sometimes we have to get physical, possibly. And mm-hmm. so what's there to protect us? Well, in most provinces, we have the good, uh, some version of the Good Samaritan Law. Here in Nova Scotia, it's called the Volunteer Protection Act. Mm-hmm. And it's there to help basically volunteers who are helping others without being paid. Yes. But even in a job situation, you may, like if you take first aid training, uh, like an emergency first aid course um, to do uh, your construction job, uh, it doesn't mean you have to do first aid because you have the certificate. It doesn't right. mean if you stop at a scene of an accident uh, and you witness a car accident to actually physically do first aid. It says mm-hmm. provide reasonable care. So reasonable care is a big, big thing in law. What, what, mm-hmm. what do we mean by that? How is it interpreted? So someone's hurting themselves uh, and, and or the others. Mm-hmm. We will use reasonable care to help them out. And the Good Samaritan laws to protect us. In provinces where there's no Good Samaritan laws, they have the common laws. And they're basically the same laws. Just, you know, and, you know, if you, if you, if you had a lawyer here, they, they'd be going for you. Have the lawyer to come yeah. in and really explain it too. But basically, in a nutshell, to save you the, the pain of talking to a lawyer, it's basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we can help folks, uh, in a, in a physical way if we have to, mm-hmm. uh, to stop them from harming themselves or other people using reasonable means. Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, we can go down to the what ifs so many yeah. times. Like, what, is oh, it, what do you mean by reasonable means? Forever. Yeah, Whatever yeah. you can. So if I'm slamming my face to the wall, yep. one of the restraining techniques is basically possibly getting in between them and the wall. But it would actually tackling them, I, I encourage people try to do hands off as much as possible because the yeah. moment a hand touches someone else, things go up. Yeah. Uh, so getting in between or, or asking Putting this a pillow up. Or, yeah. 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 Exactly. Excellent. So we're going to take our final break. And when we come back, we'll... F- 
continue our conversation with Rick Courtney. You're listening to Mental Health. Let's talk about it. I'm your host, Charlene Pickram, and this is CIOE 97.5 Community Radio. In the final segment of Mental Health, let's talk about it on CIOE 97.5 FM. We're going to wrap up with Rick Courtney, who is the CEO of Complete Safety Training. And we've been talking about the mental health first aid and the nonviolent crisis intervention uh, courses that they provide and uh, basically why we feel people should have these courses uh, for their individual well-being and the mental health well-being of others. And so now we're going to switch around a bit. I'm going to put Rick on the hot seat. And uh, what about stress over the years? How, what stress have you experienced? So how has it come out for you physically? And how did you identify that and perhaps change strategies so that you're a little more mentally healthy now? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, you did put me on the hot seat. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, you know, I, I jokingly say I'm not normal. So mm. it's a compliment. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, how do I explain that? Uh, normal is uh, what you expect. And we try to teach in a manner of normal, but you do it in an abnormal way. Yeah. In a way, like abnormal things we remember. <laughs> so for a businessman trying to to promote business is you have to have your niche mm-hmm. and you have to what makes you stand out from the crowd. So what we do is we don't only take the academia side of it and present. We bring our personal experiences out and we present. Uh, we don't get into gory details. No. Um, you know, for example, I don't talk about too much about compressing on on on, on chest during CPR events that have occurred in my life. Um, but, you know, it is a story of how the company started mm-hmm. and the emotional and physical stress that I had uh, back in 1995 from that first event yeah. uh, uh, taught me a lot about how I respond to things, thinking always like, oh, I'm always that guy, just like most Canadians, that, especially Atlanta Canadians, if something happens, we'll stop, we'll pull the car over, we'll help, you know, mm-hmm. and, and away you go. Um but wasn't I wasn't prepared for the onslaught of uh, emotional uh, uh, overwhelming mm. that occurred uh, from compressing the complete stranger's chest. And I and I say to people when I teach, you know, if it's a loved one, it's you know it's pretty hard. It's yeah. easier for a stranger, but either uh, cases will will you'll have an unexpected emotional. Uh, change in my case, you know, I was normal in the way of uh, during trying to cope with that traumatic event, not sleeping well for a few days, not eating normally. Uh, my personality, which is very outgoing, was very ingoing, you know, very mm-hmm. introverted. Um, and uh, this went on for about a week, and that's fairly normal response to a traumatic event. Yeah. Outside of say seven, eight, ten days, if that's still occurring, we need to seek more professional help, and that's what happened. So what I thought, okay, I'll come back over here to Nova Scotia and I'll start seeking help in a way that I think would make sense by yeah. going back and taking the training again, uh, and that's one way, getting yeah. more educated, getting you know to help yourself out. Um, but you know, uh, our emotions control our body. And if we don't do something about, let's say, anger or stress, mm. uh, then uh, it's going to have physical damage to our bodies. Um, I mean, 
anger, just use that motion for a moment, can cause all kinds of chronic illnesses. Yeah. You know, it takes a tremendous amount of uh, mental energy uh, away from us, but it can cause everything from depression, anxiety, we know that, but uh, physically it can cause heart disease, um, Cancer, cancers, diabetes goes into yeah. this. They all go in this because the organs are under attack because of the stress they're under. For example, you can't do push-ups forever. You have to take a break. Yes. Uh, but we don't, we see outward, but what's going on inside your body, there's a tremendous amount of stress and, 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 uh, torture, shall we say, mm-hmm. going on your organs when your mind is, is under attack as well. So what I do for my stress personally, right, and it may be different for other people. Number yeah. one, it's just like, if you think about how do you treat depression? How do you treat anxiety? And how do I treat stress? Yeah. Um, exercise is a big thing for me. And I say to folks, it doesn't mean you have to run out and grab that $70 a month uh, uh, membership. No. Is get outside. Uh, I did a program called P90X with Tony Horton, yeah. beachbody.com. Right? Yeah. And, you know, on that, one of the things I took out of it, besides all the really cool ways to exercise, was a saying that says, just keep pushing play. And what he means is not just push play on the DVD and watch TV. In fact, I don't even own, here's an actor who doesn't even own a TV. I don't go. own a TV. So, I get outside and push play. Yeah. Walk. I do that. I live by a lake. So I'm swimming all the time. Um, I'm, you know, if, if I, I jump on my bike, I go for a ride or I get in my kayak and go for a paddle around. I just stay active. Yeah. And I find when I'm outdoors, then it's just, first of all, I'm getting good air. Mm-hmm. Breathe, you know, mm-hmm. um, but stay physical, stay, keep going. It, you know, we we're affected many different ways. And as the season now changes and when our light starts to change, we're going to have probably seasonal affective disorder will come on causing stress again. So light yeah. therapy can be used for that kind of stuff. Um, some people may find easy for the stress to do even acupuncture or massage mm-hmm. therapy like that. Um, hang around with like-minded people. Yeah. You know, um, many of our stress is caused by tolerating other people <laughs> yep. so if you know gandhi had that great saying be the, be the change you seek in the world mm. and okay well, what's the change i want to see i want people to be happy i want well that means i have to be happy to do that i have to surround myself with happy people yeah. or at least like-minded people which yeah. will make me happy so it doesn't mean that everybody's all glory and run around the flower patches but it could mean that you know i like hanging around with a bunch of mechanics because those mechanics are like-minded with me and although their language may be colorful i'm not saying all mechanics that way say so the language may be colorful as long as a person's happy rock and roll you know yeah <laughs> so how do I hold to handle my stress? Exercise, hang around with like-minded people. Realize that the only person you can change is the person looking back at you in the mirror. It's yeah, the only person beautiful. you can change. You can influence people, but you can only change yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's it. We get into relationships and people make the mistake saying, oh, I, you know, I think your hair would be better this way or that way. And all it does is add stress. Realizing that this person is a different individual than you. Uh, worry about yourself. Yeah. Uh, stop worrying about other people, about how they're dressing or how they're speaking or how they're talking. I hear all the time. I work, I do work over at ISANS and I hear people talk about it all the time about, you know, I, I have good cultural awareness. Mm. And you hear people talking about, why is that person from India dressing in that way? It's so weird. It's so strange. No, it's not. It's, yeah. you, you're, you're causing That's yourself stress. Yeah. <laughs> if you ask them about it, they're totally happy dressing the same yeah. way that you, I, today I have flip flops and shorts on and shirt and it's totally comfortable for me. And so yeah. we just, we get ourselves in a situation where we stress ourselves out about things we have no control over. 
And that's the problem. We try to mm-hmm. control things. So what I try to do, and I keep telling myself, stop trying to control any given situation. As a CEO for a company, <laughs> buck stops with me, so I have to be in control. So uh, yeah, that's the big big lesson that I, I've, I've learned over the years is uh, stop trying to control, mm-hmm. uh, exercise, eat good, eat good. Your body needs you know as much water uh, as, as 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 we can tolerate sometimes. Mm-hmm. And people ask me, what's that? So I ask a dietitian, how much water can we are we supposed to drink? Because I hear this all the time: is this many ounces, that many ounces? Yeah. And she had this really great way to describe it. Says, take your weight, divide it by two. Take the pounds, change it to ounces. So if you're oh 200 pounds, that's 100 ounces a day. That's not bad if it's a 10, it's only 10, 10 ounce glasses of water. It's not yeah. too bad. Uh, but we need that, you know, and that takes stress physically down off our body, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I, you know, so that's it. It's easy for me. Relax. Oh, relax. You can relax. Therapy, <laughs> big time. You know, I take a breath and say, uh, it's good. And, and when I was a kid, someone said, you know, don't forget when you grow up to stop and smell the roses. Mm. Stop and smell the roses. Yeah, yeah. You know? See what's around you. Check it out. Exactly. You know? Be empowered. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so Rick, I know we talked about very much focused on two of the programs that your company provides, but you have a full list. Mm. Do you want to share that with the listeners in case there's something else that the listeners may be interested in on? Yeah. On the programs. Sure. So, you know, the company started out as a first aid organization teaching basic first aid, emergency standard first aid and first responder courses. So, yes, we teach that. Uh, and I would advise if you're thinking about mental health first aid and nonviolence, you better take a first aid course. You're going to need to, going to need it. Mm-hmm. Um, if there were every, pretty much every, uh, jurisdiction needs WMS training. There's some exceptions to the rule. Home care, working in someone's home is both the only exception, but you can, uh, according to the Department of Labor and advanced education. Um, that every, every, topic that you can find in the act we teach so fall protection uh, confined space mm. uh, we teach that uh, confined space entry and, and, and so forth um, h2s alive uh, we teach um, uh, babysitting courses we teach for, for for kids basic first aid for folks who are not, may not necessarily be in a traditional role and uh, so for example we work we teach for dask uh, oh, industries. Yes. Yep. So we'll teach a basic course there to basically, how do you call 911? How do I take care of my cut? How do I wash my hands? Yeah. Uh, some basic information we teach. We teach senior uh, safety awareness uh, as well, internet awareness. An interesting course I teach to a lot of grade fives is the benefits of smoking. Oh. <laughs> That's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, and, and basically to teach them what are the dangers of the tar mm. that's coming from uh, what you're inhaling. Uh, and this is going to be an interesting topic coming up with, uh, yeah, with uh, August 17th mm-hmm. or October 17th. Yeah. yeah. So we teach that. Um, yeah, everything and anything under the act mm-hmm. we teach in the future, we'll be introducing contact resolution, which is very similar to nonviolence. Uh, yeah. uh, the assist program um, with, with that, we'll t- be teaching that in the future. Yeah. Uh, there's no challenge I won't do. And we do first aid coverages for events as well. Uh, oh, okay. We uh, send our medics out to, to that. So we do that. Nice to um, know. Yeah, we do a woman's self-defense. Yeah, so I have a background in martial arts as well. And we do a women's self-defense. The so gentlemen are not invited. <laughs> 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 and it's that course has nonviolence into it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Situational awareness is into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how not to become a victim. 
uh, and uh, and how to be empowered uh, to avoid you know situations that may put you in danger. Yeah, and so it's reactory. Important. It's very uh, there's there's an unbalanced side of it, but the martial arts side of it's very very aggressive. That mm-hmm. you don't have to be a big strong person to take down a big strong person. Nope. Um, sadly, that course will come out a lot of times in February after uh, after. Uh, Valentine's Day. Mm. It comes out, uh, people ask for it after Christmas, after the holidays, it comes out. Uh, it's very interesting, uh, mm. the, the psychology of when that program comes out. So we don't set dates for that course. We let people contact us and then we work say, we work that. around it and get the group going and then, and then we go ahead and teach that one. And it's people all, women of all ages, you know, come to it. It's a, it's a good program. Mm. And they like, it's, uh, uh, one, you know, close and dear to me because of, of seeing, uh, you know, women being in abusive situations and how they can uh, defend and protect themselves and become more aware, you know. Mm, definitely. So that, mm-hmm. Well, that's fantastic. So what about uh, contact information? Uh, yeah, if people want to contact me, there's uh, every means and ways. You yeah. can you can <laughs> just Google my name if you want, Rick Courtney, and you'll see my, my actings. IMBD site comes up. You'll see also my company, obviously, some other. So you can Google uh, Complete Safety Training. Uh, the parent company is Courtney's First Aid and Safety Training Incorporated. So it's a division of that. I've just changed the name over the last couple of years oh, to okay. Complete Safety is easier to Google. Yeah. <laughs> um, the website is uh, at uh, cfatraining.ca. Uh, they can uh, go through the site and contact me that way if they want through email. Excellent. The email is uh, cfastinc at gmail.com, uh, or they can call me at 902-434-3307. And I'm uh, pretty easy to reach. Email is the fastest way to reach me uh, than by phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so cfastinc at gmail.com, which is on the front page of our website at cfatraining.ca as well. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us, Rick. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Good. So you've been listening to Mental Health. Let's talk about it. I'm your host, Charlene Pickram, the owner of Pick Empowerment. And this is Mental Health. Let's talk about it on 97.5 FM. And I want to thank my producer, Seth Glasgow, and be well.